0: Welcome to the Ekta Podcast, where we think together about unity and solidarity, or Ekta, on campus. In the Ekta Podcast, we take time out to listen to students as they share their stories about what has made them feel powerful and powerless in their university journeys, and to hear their thoughts on practical steps that we can take to create more inclusive spaces at UFE. Let's learn differently together. Ekta. Welcome to IKTA, a podcast about learning differently together. My name is Victoria Surtees, and I'm UFV's internationalization specialist and your host today, and I'm coming to you from the territories of the Stalo people. And I'm joined today in the studio at CIVL by Shanga Karim, who recently completed courses at UFV in English language and creative writing. And she also worked at UFV as a research assistant on a project called Images of Newcoming, Which featured images and stories from immigrant women about their feelings of inclusion and exclusion. So welcome, Shanga.
1: Thank you so much, Victoria. As a former
0: journalist and activist for women's rights in her Kurdish community, she's going to talk about, you know, what it was like to try to find a new path for writing and telling stories in English. And she'll share the steps that instructors took to help her feel like she was um, belonging here at the University of the Fraser Valley. So, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself, Shanga, and where you're from, the languages you speak, and, you know, what you're doing now?
1: Thank you. Yeah, sure. First, I want to say I'm so happy to be here, and uh, thank you for inviting me. And, yeah, my name is Shanga Karim, and I am from Kurdistan, northern Iraq. So Kurdistan is four parts. One part in Iraq that I am from and another part in Turkey, Iran, Syria. So we are occupied and we don't have any country now. Uh, so hopefully in the future we have our own country again. So this is me and I came from the uh, second largest city, Soleimaniya in Kurdistan. Uh, it's a beautiful city and Kurdistan is a beautiful region with so many mountains and beautiful culture too so I I came from a very big family actually and I am so happy that I have all of the siblings I have 10 sisters and one brother (laughs) so yeah in in our culture that time during my my parents generation it was very normal to have so many children and I don't know if they wanted a boy or no which I think they were but I am so happy that they didn't work it out in the way they wanted. And I have so many sisters now. So (laughs) that makes me so happy for coming from that family. Yeah, and I am from a culture that I can say being a woman is very complicated. It's very hard to be a woman there. But still we have our voices. And that's how I became a journalist and women's activist. Because I always thought that, we can have our voice even in, in that culture that they don't want us to uh, to be here, that they don't want to be obvious, um, yeah. So maybe I'll just pause here, and
0: and I think maybe a lot of listeners don't know a lot about um, Kurdistan. And so I, I did a little bit of research just to give people a sense of how big are we talking, what kind of community size, and, and it seems like there's between 30 and 40 million um, Kurdish identifying people worldwide. And the area, the regional area, where Kurdish people are living is is around the size of California. So mm-hmm. um, we're talking about a large number of people, 30 to 40 million is also the population of Canada. Um, so this is not a small group. And that division into four pieces in you know, over Iraq, Syria and, and Turkey and Iran. Um, that happened around a hundred years ago, it sounds like that that sort of formal division. So really these tensions, these challenges have been, you know, existing for that long and this um seeking
1: independence as well. Yeah, I can I can add something here because yeah, as a Kurdish people we we just recently been here, I think, in the world and so many people didn't know about us. Even when I came to Canada in 2015 and people ask me where are you from when i said kurdistan so many people said kazakhstan afghanistan so they weren't sure but i can say it since our brave uh, rojava woman uh, fought a fight against isis kurdish people been more announced and been more heard uh, so i'm i'm i feel proud that we have been heard from this uh, very hard situation that kurdish people face it during that time and nowadays I am so happy that so many people here knows about Kurdistan and they know about what we have done for the world yeah. Yeah.
0: Thank you so maybe a follow-up question that is is what's one thing you wish that people knew about Kurdistan?
1: Yeah um, I I would like to say that the first thing I have to correct people here or in any other part in the world is a think that they think kurdistan is a very uh, conservative society and very to follow a specific ideology i always wanna correct that that all women were fighting for a long time to have their voice and to have their freedom we practice a specific religion but as a kurdish woman i wanna say that this is not just one thing that we can be recognized with. Uh, We are more than that. We have our identity, we have our culture, we have our ideas about how women can participate in so many sectors in the society and how they use their power to empower. Other generation in Kurdistan. So, not always about fighting, about war when you say Kurdistan, because we are from northern Iraq. So, Kurdistan is more than that, it's very beautiful. That's true, we have this all of uh, a history especially during Saddam Hussein that they genocide us and like being killed so many Kurdish people we wish that didn't happen but beside that we have so many other facts that we are proud of especially our women involved with so many uh, different sectors and they are really working very hard to to have their own voices and to tell their own stories by themselves not make up in their stories and tells by other other peoples outside the region because I feel and I believe that we know more about our stories and we can tell more deeply and uh, give more details about what we were facing and where we came from and how we arrived here now thank you
0: Thank you, Shanga. I think it's so important what you just shared about, you know, listening to those voices, because our Western media sometimes gives us some very biased understandings of, of what's going on in the world or what people from a particular place in the world are like. And mm-hmm. um, and we know that Western media focuses a lot on war and, and difficulty and strife. So to hear you talk about the importance of recognizing um, women's power and the movements um, that they're involved in and the good things that they're doing and have been doing for a long time. Um, so knowing that it's not recent is really just so important. It's a good reminder for us to, to seek those voices out. So thank you very much thank for sharing you. that. Okay, so you came to Canada in 2015. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Yes. Yes. And I know that you you came as a refugee and you're currently working on a project called the Shoe Project. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yes. uh, Yeah, I came in 2015 and I had a very hard starting here because as an activist, I was very active and had uh, like so many friends. And, you know, I came from a big family with so many girls. But coming to here was just shattered every door, I think. It was very quiet for me it was peaceful and I love it but at the other hand it was very isolated and very lonely and I I couldn't find myself so that's how I started to search and to find what I can do here what where I have to go and where's my directions because I think people who come from different countries for different reasons first time they lose in a different country in the new home is themselves and that's what I face it it's not about just missing family, friends, career. It's more than and deeper than that for me. It's about yourself. So you have to find yourself uh, first to be able to help others. So that's how I try to find uh, anything that connect me to the new people here, to the community and and through that way, find the new Shanga and the new version of myself. So I started with a writing workshop and I, first I am always write, and I love writing. I think I write more than reading. So many people say I am reading more than writing, but I don't know since I like I was going to school and I always felt to have my diary and stuff like that and write. So that's how I started. And that took me to a place to uh, have a teacher who was at SFU and Keep telling me why you don't have a, a blog and write your stories and stuff like that but in the beginning it was very complicated for me with the English and everything and I didn't know what I really want to talk about it was hard right so that's how I found a project they could help you to write and have your stories and when I searched about the shoe project I was so happy and very excited uh, so that's how I contacted the shoe project and I said I would love to participate and I read about them what they do they have a a free writing workshop for immigrant women to be able to improve their English and improve their writing with a mentor her name is Carolyn Anderson in Vancouver so they invite me to have interview and I just brought everything I had my newspapers in Kurdish from home all of the uh, magazine I worked the volunteering work so I had all of that always in a big file so I took all of them and went with my son and my husband So because I had to breastfeed in always. So my son was always with me for two years everywhere. So when I arrived there and I just gave them all of that stuff. So they were very excited and very happy. I went that day because they were loving me to participate. That's what Caroline always say. Because she said, even if you didn't bring all of that Kurdish newspaper, we were still (laughs) accepted you because I was a journalist and write. So they were happy to have someone who had that previous career. So that's how I found out about the shoe project and I always had a a big passion and for what they have doing and what they give to the newcomers, women. It was not about just helping them to write their stories. Actually, it was about giving them the stage, giving them their voice and help them to be able to stand on their feet and find more opportunities. So shoe project was, a big opening door for me that helped me to reach more opportunity about writing and after one year they asked me to be a Vancouver local coordinator to help other women. I am so happy that it is a part of my experience here in Canada.
0: That's great. And so if we backtrack a little before the shoe project, so you got here in 2015, then you worked for a little while trying to find your feet and figuring out what was going on for you. And if I understand you were working in construction for a little while, is that right? That's
1: correct. Yes. <laughs> yes
0: and then, but you realized that wasn't for you and, and decided to pursue some higher education. So can you tell us a little bit about how that went and how that felt sure, for you? Sure.
1: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. When I came, as I said, it was very complicated and I had to find myself but in another way I had to find how can I use my degree here my journalism degree is there again I found out some people could get a job here but for me as a journalist and working in very different sectors as an activist was very wide and very hard to focus on one thing and find a job so I had to start working after six months being in Canada as a refugee, start working in a construction jobs. It was a company who's making mesh for windows. And I never in my life thought about something like that, that I can do that, but I had to do something to survive here. So that's how I started. And I always had to wake about five and be there at 5.30 AM and work until 2.30 and come back to go to English classes. So. It was very hard for me, Uh, hard in a way that I felt very lost that time because I thought I can't use anything I had before. It's not me, it's totally a different person here. So many ideas going around in my mind while I was measuring that big mesh on a big table and it was very hard to learn but I am glad that I had that experience because it really taught me how to be patient how to be focused and how to be learning from different experience in our life it's so I am I want to be a writer and journalist but I found out I can be something else too. just working like that but it was very hard to just stay there and focus what I want I had to come out there to be able to find more and to be able to educate myself more and to build what I what I needed for my career, to go back to that Shanghai that I really miss, that I really want. So that that's where I started. And after that, I worked in a sewing company, making small shoes for children. It was another experience for me. And I love it because I was pregnant. I, I, I was in my ninth months when I had to leave that job to come home and to have my baby after nine years of marriage. So yeah, it was a very nice journey, very difficult too, but very rich of experience. Yeah.
0: That's so interesting, this idea of just feeling disconnected, you know, disconnected from yourself. And I know that you know, you had your son and then you you decided, you know, it's time. It's time to go back and time to start writing again. Right. Um, so tell us about how that went for you. Um, your experience of coming to UFV, of trying to enroll in classes. Um, how was that for you?
1: Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it was always in my mind to study. And I didn't know anything about studying in university in Canada. Some fear was there always to think about studying here. I thought it's not for me and I can't be there ever because I thought being a journalist is impossible here. And I I totally wanted to ignore that, to find something else which was writing and working in humanitarian section too. So in that case, I couldn't understand what can I study for that and what's the best for me to help me to don't lose the experience and the degree i have and build more on that and when i came here and i saw a advisor which i didn't know about advisor because in our university systems we didn't have that actually you just went there and some kind of staff could help you with some directions and so i saw that advisor is for taking me to a right place directly and he knows everything he has a magic stick and <laughs> he can take me there so I was very excited when I came and I came with a uh, full idea of starting in the next uh, semester he was really nice very gentle and very uh, helping me to understand myself and what I really want because I could truly see I am lost and I don't know what I am really trying to say so he gave me some uh, instructions and helped me to understand but he didn't tell me to go to start study in any department that's what I expected actually but after seeing a few advisors I could understand the system first not just the difficulties I could understand how can I start So I realized that my English is not good enough and I need to improve it. So I started to study in English. So for that, I was lucky because I studied at American University back home in Kurdistan, which we have. That helped me to have a little English. But that helped me to be able to get the final section or degree. Like it was seven and eight together. So... I felt so proud, I thought my English is perfect that time when they got me there, <laughs> but when I went there, it was very helpful to uh know more about English and about Canada's history and culture, and that guide me to start at u f v and to find out that i can start english here and that's how i started and so many advisors were involved i called them i emailed them i came to visit (laughs) and i sometimes i I can tell that i know all of the advisors at (laughs) uav because i came for so many different reasons but after taking two courses covid came and i couldn't take the in-person courses which i really wanted because i wanted to be here at uav and to see the students, the teachers, and learn from that. I knew it's very challenge. it's very complicated. A part of me didn't want to come, honestly, but I wanted to obligate myself to come in person. But when COVID came and that made all of us to stay at home and take it online, which was somehow easier for me during that time. Now I realize it because I had the little one. And uh, when I took the English courses, online it was helping me to see more because I and you know if I were in a class in person I was worried more about and what how my English is working how the teacher is understanding me so that time gave me power to be ready to the next semester which we came here and did it in person and I could see myself that I am not the person that I started, I could see a little change, but still I was afraid if I am not fitting here, I am not belonging here because I had that feeling, why no one asking me to have my ID? I couldn't understand that because, you know, Victoria, in our uh, university, I had to show my ID every day when I was entering the university because it was a very small door that allows you to enter the big world. So I mean coming to you every without any ID, to show any ID. Yeah, I had the ID. They made the ID for me. When I looked at it, I couldn't believe it. Wow, I have an ID Do UFV. <laughs> so every time I entered the, the campus, I had some kind of strange feeling that I am, um, maybe someone just stops me. What, what are you doing here? Where's your ID? Until I, I got that idea that it's for everyone and everyone can study here and everyone can belong here, especially during the work I did for the images of newcomer stories with Dr. Emia and Dr. Brianna, which was amazing. And that helped me to be able to focus on my studying while I was taking creative writing courses here. And that was a huge, amazing experience for me at u v I think that story is
0: so important to to understand that, you know, the university doesn't necessarily automatically feel like a, a place of inclusion for a lot of people. It doesn't always feel like it's somewhere where they can go and be and belong. And so, bringing our attention to that is is really helpful. Um, and just to provide a little context for our listeners who may or may not know about some of these programs or requirements, so link courses are language instruction for newcomers to Canada. So those courses are available to um, to newcomers, usually free of charge. And our located in various places, but in Abbotsford Archway Community Services is the place yes. where most um, most people go. And so once you've sort of reached the upper levels, if you want to transition into higher education, quite often you need to take some academic upgrading classes. And that's where UfV, um has come in and, and created those, those classes. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it sounds like that's the pathway that you went. Um, and it's worth noting that you, of course, had to talk to lots of advisors. One advising appointment was not enough right um you needed many times um to kind of under understand and just the function of advisors being very different than what you expected and those are all good lessons for us to to take some perspective and realize you know that not everybody is engaging in our services in the way we expect Mm -hmm. so thank you for that reality check for us okay so we've talked a lot about you know how you made your way into the university and now thinking about your classes here that you took at ufv so what what has made you feel powerful um, in your classes here at UFE, and what has made you feel maybe a bit powerless?
1: Yeah, sure. So when you asked me that question directly, I could think about the class was a creative writing class. So the creative writing course here was a uh, one of the powerful points that really affected me and impacted me in a way to love more about UAV, to love more about studying. And when I started that, I was waiting list. I was in a wait list because... For some reason, I I feel like I'm always kind of late because I have to figure out, I have to search, I have to understand, I have to see if my English is okay for that. So it took me so long to be able to register. When I registered, I was, uh, I think, the third person in the waiting list, but I was very excited and really happy. It was like I am starting school, a first day of school that day, actually. But i didn't want to think about that i was thinking that i am studying here even if i'm the third person in the waiting list but because i was the first being ready there and very uh, enthusiasm about that class and going to to that class on time even before time i was there <laughs> so when the instructor came and said hi to everyone and introduced himself and we had to introduce after I finished my introduction, the instructor directly said, Welcome, Shanga, and you are in. So that was a big moment for me and felt so happy and proud of myself because I couldn't believe that he will accept me. I think my face showed how I really want that class and he accepted me and he knew about our history, about Kurdish people. I think he really want me to... To see myself there, somehow, I could feel the connection with the instructor, and he kept asking the student, Who knows about Kurdistan, who can tell us about so It was like two to three students from around i think twenty five students who knew about us, so that was kinda scary somehow, but I think at that moment, I felt not that fear anymore because I felt I am here to tell the stories I'm here to tell all of the untold stories from our nation, from our women. And I want to be that voice. What are you scared of? So why you are feeling nervous and stressed? So that helped me. And that was a very powerful for me. And I went through all of the assignment and um, the the tests that we have to do and the writing process, which was amazing. And I love it. And that's how I found out I can continue writing in English. Even my mentor, put all of this redness in my uh, in the feedback that she gives me but that's what makes me to feel better to be more creative so that all of that made me to feel that why can't why 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 you think you can so you can do it and i found out in that creative writing of most of the students bring very funny stories very nice stories very easy stories but i look at mine and it was all kind of sadness and very like tragedies so and that was a part of the learning I learned there it's it's me it's my culture it's something that we want to bring out here and to learn from it so so that's how I feel powerful there because the differences make us powerful make us to understand each other and to learn from each other and another powerful moment for me was working as a research assistant during that image of newcomer which was a great project to help other newcomers women to bring their photos and talk about the belonging and exclusion through their photos that they took so I was very lucky to be a part of that project and that gave me more power to accept myself at UFV and accept to be in that campus and use all of them tools here like a library so it became a home for me after all these two points and i feel more comfortable and more belonging here thank you shenga thank you i
0: feel so many lessons from that story um just around you know an instructor that sees you and understands you and has a little bit of background knowledge um, and challenges others to get that knowledge right challenges the other students to say hey do you know about this and if you don't why don't you and to make space in those assignments for all different kinds of stories um, including the stories that you wanted to tell so that's a very powerful piece and so that brings us to the other half of the question which is you know what what has made you feel powerless
1: i think always the english is a point of the powerless for newcomers so in the beginning you feel that it's a big challenge for you you try very hard you work very hard but you don't believe yourself so in the academic uh, english class i had my teacher gave me feedback in a cursive writing felt powerless always i learned that even in kurdistan uh, to write in cursive but it was long time ago i never use it again this is something that really interrupt us from what we try to do from what we try to 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 rebuild again so when we see this it really take us down again and tell us that you don't understand that even it's a feedback for me to improve my english to improve my mistakes and to to correct my mistakes and be able to to understand and and help me to process it but feedback in cursive writing style is the thing that I felt I am blind I can't understand I can't see I can't do anything so that time and also another time was when I had so many ideas to share I had an enthusiasm to participate in classes about very big topics about gender equality about women's rights that this academic english i love the essay that she brought always because it was mostly about women and uh, how for example how disney shows women in the society and what they want to project from these movies and i love that uh, essays because it's a part of me and i am but when i had the ideas i couldn't put them in a right sentence and share it really kind of hurt me and made me to feel like why I can't say it in the right way. I feel that way. But it was at that time I talked about the powerless points, helped me to speak in that class too. And to break that voices inside me to tell me that you can't and you they don't understand you. But I had to participate and I I had I think I had enough experience from all of the difficulties and challenge to speak and to participate and to be involved in that class even with my broken English, yeah.
0: Thank you, I think that the the tip about cursive is so interesting, so cursive or handwritten as opposed to printing when you're writing feedback right um, we forget sometimes that, that cursive writing or handwriting is, is not as used anymore in fact they're not really even teaching it um, to children as much anymore and so um, it's not a particularly accessible way to give feedback and you're right you know the, the tools that are supposed to make you get better and you can't access them um, that certainly would be very frustrating and that other sense of you know being trapped by language right um, and not being able to express yourself it's a good reminder to us to think about, you know, how do we how do we provide opportunities for students to come out of those traps? So, that brings us to the last question, which is a really important one, which is um how can instructors or staff create more inclusive spaces for newcomers here at UFE?
1: Yeah, that that's a very good question. Thank you. So, I think most of the parts are amazing here at UFE, honestly. And If I didn't have this experience, I couldn't be here today and (laughs) having a podcast about my experience at UFV and uh, all of the the support I got from the advisor especially. Like sometimes they explained a question for me and I had to repeat it in different ways to make sure that I am getting that. So with all of that experiences, I can say they are doing great welcoming us, whether you are immigrant, international student, refugees, Besides that, I can say it will be so helpful and easier for both sides to be proud to teach all these young students who came from different countries and backgrounds for different reasons uh, to study in Canada and try to listen and understand them more closer. I don't want to say to see us very differently you know see us in a way that we might need a little more help just to understand just to understand the instruction and the direction that we have to take to to be better it's very important to feel us and allow us to know more about you as, uh, as my creative uh, writing instructor who were so open and friendly and even with his very harsh and very strong roles that he had. But still, he was there for you. He helped you to understand. It's like a circle. So they give that to us and show us and we get it back again in future in our community.
0: Sounds to me like your instructor had very high expectations but really helped you to meet those expectations by creating a space of belonging and love and and really that's what we strive for and and I'm so happy to hear that Thank you So thank you, Shenga, today for sharing all of these stories with us We really just very much appreciate it and um, I know that now you're looking to pursue a master's, etc and other opportunities and that you've received a grant to write a book Is that right? That's
1: correct From BC Arts Council So I'm working on that book uh, in English with a mentor, Carol shavin at UBC. So I hope I can do it. I am working on it, So, but not sure when I will finish that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, fantastic. Congratulations. That's amazing. And it's very clear that you are a storyteller. And um, the stories you've shared today are powerful. And I know you have many more stories to tell. So we look forward to that book. Yeah. So thank you very much for coming on the podcast.
1: Thank you very much for you and for inviting all of us to have our voice and to share our experience which is very important and very uh, helpful for us this is a part of belonging i can say thank you yeah
0: and to our listeners out there as well thank you for taking the time to be with us today with shanga um, and to witness all these important stories um, that we share here on ekta So if you have questions or ideas for the podcast, please feel free to contact me, your host, uh, Victoria Surtees, at UFV.ca. And if you found the show interesting or useful, do tell a friend. Let's learn differently together.
1: Ekta is hosted by UFE's Teaching and
0: Learning Center and sponsored by UFE International. Music by St. No matter Soldier. how
1: long it takes us No matter how much this world breaks us May we live here in peace Live here as one from Bolivia to Greece From India to Canada and everywhere between Namaste to everyone I see Namaste, I recognize that it's one Namaste, and the suffering is done Suffering is done, suffering is done hey, namaste